summary of the fifth sicha of Dvarim in volume 19 of the Kutus Sichas. Regarding the prohibition against food that was cooked by a non-Jew, we learn it up from a, a support verse in our Parsha in Dvarim, where Moshe said that I told to Sichon, the king of uh, uh, the, the king, that we will pass through your city, and when we go through, we will eat. We will eat the food that we will buy from you. Any food that we buy from you, we will eat, and the water we will buy also, and then we will drink it. And we learn from there that just like water does not change through fire through cooking it, so too we're going to buy only the food that does not, that did not change through cooking it. Now, the sages have a argument regarding the vessels, that the, the pots and so on, that absorbed in the walls of the pot from the food that was cooked by a non-Jew, that what happens if you go and you want to use that pot for making more food with it, does the taste, flavor that comes out of the walls that were cooked by the non-Jew go into now into the next food? It does that make the next food prohibited or not? So there are some that say that since the whole reason of the prohibition is of not eating cooked food from a guy is because Mishum Chasnus, we're worried that maybe you may get into a social relationship with them and that could lead to marrying them or their daughters and so on. So, to go so far to say that the next step, the pot that you, that took in the absorption of this cooked food, is they're going to go into the next food, have to prohibit the next food, we don't go that far. But, however, many and most of the Paiskim, they say that also the next uh, foods will be prohibited because there's a rule that anything that got prohibited by the sages, once it's prohibited, it's prohibited all the way till the end, even if you don't have a, the reason anymore, let's say in this case for marriage. The Rebbe says that we could use the same understanding from the laws of the boards that are used on this roof of a sukkah. That if you have these boards that you put across the top, that if it has a width of four handbreadths, four tfachim wide, you're not allowed to use it because then it's like a ticker, it's like a roof. And that has the law, that then if I take that board and I flip it upwards, so it's much thinner now, it's not four, four the four handbreadths are upwards now, not spread across on the width. So, nevertheless, since once it's prohibited, that, that board, it's already prohibited again to use it later for any other way you're going to use it. And that's what the Raghachavar actually explains, that once something becomes prohibited, the essence of it is prohibited, and now it's prohibited for anything later. What's the source of this law? We could say that it comes from the end of Tractate Avodah Zara, where the Rebbe makes a siyam on it here, regarding koshering a knife, for, that was used for cook, cooking products that was cooked by a guy, in order, if you want to use that knife to eat, use it for food, for cold food, you would take it and put it into earth and sand and earth ten times. It takes out uh, any flavor. It also pulls off, scrapes off any, any of the, the dirt that, that's on the knife. You could do it in that way. And the Talmud tells us a story regarding this subject of the cookings of the guy. And it says the following, Mar Yehuda, or like Rashi says, Reb Yehuda, and Bati Bartubi, his servant, were sitting in front of the king called Shavur Malka, the king Shavur, the Persian king. 
And they, while they were sitting there, an esrog was brought there, and the king cut a slice for himself and ate it. Then he cut a slice and gave it to his servant, Bati Bartuvi. And then he took the knife and poked it into the ground ten times. And then, to make it kosher, and then he gave it and fed a piece of the esrog to Mar Yehuda. So Bati Bartuvi said to the king, what, uh, is this man, meaning himself, is not Jewish? Why would you not make it kosher for me? So we have two answers on this. One answer says that the king answered that you, I'm not so sure how careful you are in mitzvahs, and therefore I don't know you so well how much you would be able to control yourself. So I didn't, wasn't worried about you. But for Yehuda, him, I see that he's very careful about the details of mitzvahs, and therefore for him I was concerned, that's why I made a kosher for him. Others say another explanation, that the king said that to, to uh, Bati, he said, do you not remember, do you remember what you did last night? Because since the Persian custom was that they would provide people that came and stayed in their Persian hotels, they would provide you a c- company for the night, they would give you a Persian woman, and when they brought these women to the hotel, Bati accepted the woman, and Yehuda did not accept the woman. So he was able to see this. Well, you could ask a question that Bati accepted upon himself these women, and so why would the king, according to the first opinion, say that I'm not sure how careful you would be? What do you mean? You see clearly he's not careful. He takes in the woman. Taisvis actually says that Bati was not a sinner because since he was an Evid Kanani, he was allowed to be with Gaisha women. And therefore, why was he allowed? Because even though he accepts the mitzvahs, but since he was Evid that was freed, and but he didn't have a conversion document to get Shehur, therefore his status was like in the middle, and therefore he was allowed, because he's not 100% a Jew yet, because once he would be freed from as an Evid Kanani, he would be allowed to ma- marry a Jew, be more automatically Jewish, but he needs to have this certificate of divorce to get the Shehur, and since he didn't have that, he's still permitted to be with a guy, with a guy, with the Ishanachris. Well, based on, according to this whole, this idea that he's still allowed to, we would want to understand why does the king have to throw it in his face and say, do you remember what you did last night? In other words, since Bati did not do any sin according to Tysus, why did the king have to rub it into him and say, oh, what did you do last night? He was allowed to do that. So the Ritva tries to answer that the king didn't know the law or didn't know that, that Bati was under this status and he was allowed to be with, the, with this non-Jewish woman. But we can't really say that because we know from other sources of the Talmud that the, the king Shavor was an expert in, in law. He was a Baki Medinim, so it wouldn't make sense. And he also knew the status of of Bati, because we have another place in town where Rabbi Yehuda announced people that have certain deficiencies, and he said that about Bati, that he was a servant that was free, but he didn't have the documents, so it was a known fact of his status. But we have to understand in the details of the story, we, we, the question that we still need to ask is, if you want to say that Bati ate a prohibited food because maybe he ate it because Pikuach Nefesh, how could he rebel against the king that's giving him food? But then we could say, that why on the king, for the king, why did the king have to put the stumbling block in front of Bati to give him something prohibited when he wasn't sure, that's what he said according to the first, he wasn't sure of if he's going to be careful or not. And number two, 
according to the second opinion, that certainly Bati did a sin, how do you know just because he did a sin with a woman that he would also do a sin of not eating kosher food? There are people that would sin on one thing and don't sin on another thing. Maybe the evil inclination got to him. Or maybe because he knew the law that it's only a, 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 a rabbinical prohibition to be with a woman in, in secret, not in public. So maybe he would be careful with kosher food. How do you know over here he wouldn't be careful with kosher food? What's the, why, why do you say just he, once, he did one sin, he did all sins? And another question is that since the king shavur put it into the ground for Av Yehud, he could have done it a few minutes earlier and done it also for Bati. What would be the big, 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 big issue here? So we could say like this, that the prohibition on the knife was not just, for, it's obviously not for prohibited food, for a non-kosher food. It's talking about Bishul Akim. That's for sure what the issue is on the fruit. Now, when the king Shavar did not want that Bati should fall through the sin, but since Bati, it, 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 because, and since for Bati to marry a non, to be with a non-Jewish woman, it was kosher for him. So the worry of marrying out didn't exist anymore for Bati. Because for him, he was allowed to marry out. So since there's no worry for Bati that he may marry out because he's allowed to marry out, he's allowed to marry this non-Jewish girl, therefore, for Bati, there's no issue for, for Bishalakim because he's allowed to have it. So there's no issue uh, for him to be able to eat it. And with this, we could explain another thing that Shavar, the king Shavar, didn't say that, remember what you did last night according to the first opinion. Because there's another reason besides because maybe you're, it's going to lead you to marriage. There's another reason why you're not allowed to eat food, cooked food from a guy. And that is, so a Jew should not be accustomed to eating and drinking with them and he'll end up eating non-kosher food. Not just for marriage, but Yipashu will eat the tame, impure food. So we could say, basically, that both opinions here, we could understand why, according to the first opinion, they didn't say clearly what you did last night. He only said it because the reason is for, because you may marry. So that's the main reason is because of marriage. And the reason is not just because of marriage, according to the first opinion. It could be for the main reason is because you shouldn't become accustomed to eating non-kosher food. And that could be the main reason of this whole machlaikas. Which is the main reason? Is it because of marriage or because I may end up eating non-kosher food? According to the first opinion, it's because I shouldn't come to not eating kosher food. And according to the second opinion, the main reason is because it may lead to marriage. Ah, you could ask, if, if this is the case, according to the first opinion, how did Shavar Malka come up with the, with this idea that I don't know if you're going to be you're going to be uh, uh, careful in mitzvahs and therefore I could forcibly put a stumbling block and give you this non-kosher food and also what we, we still need to understand is that it's true that Bati was not careful in it, it, with, with their daughters didn't have to worry about the, the mar- marrying into their, to those daughters but why didn't he kosher it anyways for both of them so the answer simply is, is because a king is like a partner over a tzibor and they're not allowed to do any malacha in front of three people that's the way it is. You have to give them respect. It brings civilization. It makes people have respect that people won't kill each other. So you have to respect the king even if the king is not true. Comes out that the king himself was not allowed to go and put the knife in the ground for Bati who he sees is not so careful in general in his behavior. 
Therefore, the king wouldn't go that far because he's not allowed to, as a king, to do that. It would be disrespectful for the king. He's not allowed to forgive his honor. But when it came to Yehuda, he sees that Yehuda is very careful. And he goes on Messiris Nefesh for being so careful on mitzvahs. Therefore, he said, for him, I will go the extra mile, even though I don't need to. The lesson takeaway you see from this is that here you had two people in front of a king. One person got frightened in front of the presence of the king and he gives in and he bends and therefore the king doesn't respect him and he doesn't even hold any high standards for him. But when it came to Yehuda, Yehuda was very careful, very meticulous in his standards and that the king respected and with this, the king actually went out of his way not just to mock him but actually to help him and he himself went not hiring any servants to put the knife in the ground or not even to ask Yehuda to do it. He did it all by himself. And through behaving in this kind of way, which is the story at the end of the tractate of Avodah Zarah, this will nullify the Avodah Zarah, the entire world, till it will be the kingdom of Hashem, the entire world, and it will be Hashem Lamelech, that this should be speedily now.